electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber's on assignment, but is going to join us in a bit to discuss the big news of the morning. And of course... That is Elon Musk launching a $43 billion hostile takeover of Twitter, offering 5420 a share, 18% premium to its prior close. Uh, Musk writing a letter to Twitter chair Brett Taylor saying, quote, since making my investment, I now realize the company will neither thrive nor serve this societal imperative in its current form. Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. My offer is best and final. And if it's not accepted, I would need to reconsider my position as a shareholder. Twitter has extraordinary potential. I will unlock it. Twitter responds this morning to the bid saying that the board of directors will carefully review the proposal to determine the course of action that it believes is in the best interest of the company and all Twitter stockholders. Jim, wide range of opinion about what's going on. Right. Now, best and final means no negotiation. Well, uh, Brett Taylor represents the shareholders. He can't do that. You can't just say, hey, you know what? We'll take it. You, you can't. That's not fair to the shareholders. And I think we keep in all the coverage this morning. I've not heard about the shareholders needing protection from Elon. He can't steal the company. Even if he has a, thinks he has a better idea, that doesn't get him to be able to take the company. So I've left out. I, is, I'd like to ask David, because I think this is really important. David, there's a fiduciary duty yeah. of the board. And they cannot abdicate yep. just because they got a best and final deal. This is not a piece of real. He's not buying a house here. Uh, Jim, I think you're, you're right on the key, uh, the key question that's come up any number of times already in the calls that I've had this morning. Best and final. The use of that term, which we rarely, if ever, see, certainly in an unsolicited bid of this nature and the initial unsolicited bid. You know, you use this term in the U.K. and you're stuck with it. That's it. Here, of course, given it's Musk in particular, there is a level of unpredictability that we all know is quite high. But nonetheless, the use of that term best and final, and to your point, this board, which, by the way, I can tell you is going to be uh, having an initial meeting at 10 a.m. this morning, um, from what I understand, uh, is going to have to consider what that means. Uh, And, you know, is it Buffett-esque, Jim, in a sense? Because remember, when Warren typically approaches a management, he often has that as an unsaid condition. You know, hey, this is it. Take it or leave it. But um, the take it or leave it best, uh, best and final part of this is a key and I do agree with you in that I don't quite understand what the board is left to do here because typically they're not going to say, OK, thank you so much for paying this price. It's over and done with. Of course not. No board would do that. You might begin an auction. You might consider if there are any other strategic alternatives. But on the other side, you might just say, no, thank you. And then the question is what Musk really does. The alternative, though, could mean, Jim, and I'll leave this to you, that the stock goes down an awful lot, particularly if he sells it. Well, I don't think this board is taking that short-term review. I, I, by the way, David, if I, were, if I were advising this board, 
I would say there may be personal liability if they agree to this. This is one of those where they literally are not doing their job. There's no fiduciary responsibility if they just say, you know what, we take it. David, that opens them up. And you remember, there are times when individual individual directors are opened up for a, a level of uh, lack of fiduciary that I think crosses the line. This crosses the line. Well, listen, they all have DNO insurance. Uh, you know, today, I'm sure Wilson Sonsini is going to, the law firm which advises Twitter's board, uh, and I think will be involved here, will certainly probably be front and center, more so than any bankers or advice they'd be getting totally. uh, on the financial side of it. It is, you know, what do we do here? What is the, what is the sort of the, uh, from an M&A and legal perspective, the right thing to do as, as the board? Typically, you'd open up a conversation which would include right. price. Oftentimes, of course, that would already have taken place prior to this. But this is unique. This is Musk. He already owns 9.2% of the company. He's already spent billions. Another key question, I know it sounds funny to ask it of the world's richest man, but nonetheless is financing. You know, why not include in your offer something that gives an indication that you've already got it locked down, that you're going to um, offer up stock that you're going to get collateralized, that, that you're going to borrow against, that you're going to sell uh, some certain amount of shares, something that gives you gives everybody and that board the sense, uh, Jim and Carl, that, OK, you know, this is a fully financed offer. Again, he is the richest man in the world. He's got the opportunity right. to do it. One would think, why would he want to actually do it all in equity? You'd expect that he'd want to use some debt here to buy this thing outright for $43 billion and write a check or sell shares to equal that amount of money seems kind of odd as well. So that's another question that I would have thought at least financing would have been addressed in his brief letter to Brett Taylor. Yeah, and Carl, it's erratic. It's erratic behavior. It's not what people expect. That's a serious board. It's not a hack board. A lot of people felt that he controlled his own board. Maybe he thinks that that's what they've got here. Uh, They have no choice but to reject it. I I think they can say, look, we're open to all offers. But beyond that, Carl, if they say we accept, they're phony. Right. And they're not phony. Well, that's why uh, we got two two downgrades this morning, CFRA and OPI, which I know you've got to know. They take it to market perform. And the general theory is um, likelihood that he does walk away and that the shares tumble from there. Right. Do you... Is the view that he is trying to elevate the price to exit, period, is that too nefarious a theory? Yeah, that's, boy, that would be a violation, too. He's got to announce everything down. Uh, Look, he he is literally, I think, doing one and done. Look, this guy can take a loss like nobody can take a loss. I just think that maybe he doesn't, you know, he got tired of it. Like I said, he, he is a capricious individual who overall may have a better idea about what to do with Twitter, but certainly doesn't want to go by the rules. I mean, it's not a car. It's not a house. It's a publicly traded company. But he has never really respected the entities of publicly traded companies, or else he would respect the SEC. And uh, this is, when you look at that board, every single one of those people, they're, they're from a world where this doesn't happen. And they're not going to suddenly switch, change your stripes, Carl. It's not worth doing. David, it kind of also has raised the more um, theological question about who, what's the best ownership structure for the company, period? Fred Wilson this morning, uh, founding investor. Uh, Twitter's too important to be owned and controlled by a single person. The opposite should be happening. Twitter should be decentralized as a protocol that powers an ecosystem of communication products and services. So we're, we're back to a theoretical discussion of what do you, how, who owns the public square? 
without a doubt. And I mean, if we were to get to that point, there would be a lot of debates in terms of whether it's good for society to have the world's richest man actually own a powerful platform like this. Um, although on a regulatory side, it's unclear that there would be any true impediments were they actually would agree to agree to a go private with Mr. Musk. It's unclear whether we're going to get there. I mean, listen, again, at this board meeting, you know, when this board starts, starts talking an hour or so from now, guys, you got to go through best and final. What does that actually mean? What do we think this company really is worth? Do we think there are any other strategic buyers out there? Would we consider starting a process? Do we want to get more information on financing? Uh, do we put in a poison pill? These are all key questions. Jim, I would note, though, it's interesting to watch the stock trading up. Now, it's still below the offer. 54.20, so cute, right, with the 4.20. But, um, right, right. you know, it is, it is nonetheless up. Uh, and, you know, so that is the market not believing, certainly, that this is something that doesn't have a shot and or I guess that somebody else might come along, although I have a hard time coming up with a long list of potential buyers of Twitter uh, at that price in the strategic world. No, I mean, it feels Washington Post-like. Now, uh, Bezos wanted to preserve Washington Post. I think that, oh, look, the, the things that, that Musk wants to do with Twitter are, are very substantive. I think that, David, they, they have to say in their, in their response, we are open to something more substantive. You give, us, you give us not best and final, but you give us you have, you're fully financed, and we come to the table. That is what I need to hear yep. in order to stay long Twitter. And that's why I think the stock's up, because right. that's certainly a good response. Yeah. But again, back to best and final. I mean, if you're bored, though, you are that bored and, you, and you're, you're thinking just no, you are faced with the possibility your stock's going to go back to, I don't know, Jim, again, I'll leave it to you, 30. I don't know where it goes. Uh, yes, but down but- a lot. Do you want to face that? I, I, you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. And finally, I would add one historical note here. I don't remember any deal getting done unsolicited at the initial price, except for one that I thankfully broke. And Carl remembers it, too. Dow Jones. But it was 60 bucks off a, a stock price. I don't remember where it was, probably in the 30s. I mean, the premium was so enormous that, of course, you had to say yes eventually. This is not quite Well, that, that was family that, members. I was going to say. That, that was family members. Uh, there are no family members on this board. Uh, Fred Wilson, who was my chairman at the street. Listen to Fred. I mean, I, look, Fred Wilson is the dean of ethics of, of these kinds of things, and I just respect him totally. That's just a very important point that, he, that you have mentioned about Fred. Uh, you know, there's also, yeah. there's, as with lots of things musky in, there's the hidden uh, Easter eggs, the 5420, the 420 within 5420, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. Is that a wink? Ha uh-huh. yeah. I mean, David, uh, how about the idea that he likes to have so much fun that it obscures his real goal? I mean, why not leave all that out? What if he had just said, look, here's the price. You know what the discussion would be like this morning? It'd be like, oh, here it goes. The war has started. But no, he puts all the stuff and you say, yeah. you know, no, I, I like, you know, get serious. But had he just put a price out there, one it's, line, David, you know what the conversation would be between you and me? Opening bid. Who else is in? And so right. he kind of defeats his right. own purpose, doesn't he? Yeah, listen, it's, but it's Musk. He's a unique figure. He's the, yeah. he is, you know, iconic. He is the most consequential. He's the most consequential man in business, period. Uh, I think it's fair to say at this point. Um, so he gets to write his own rules. He always does. And he's doing it here. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, your guess is as good as mine, whether best and final really means that, whether it is. And I sent, you know, I used that term earlier, Buffett-esque in a way, 
or whether in some way it does actually lead to a negotiation where he backs off that and comes up with a price that is not ending in a 420 uh, and that perhaps fully reflects what the board sees as the full value of the company. Jim, I don't know where that is. I don't know what you think. I don't know what you think Twitter really is worth in a, you know, in a, in a go private and or just a, a change in control situation. Uh, that's well, not I mean, a bad look, price, stock. certainly where, given where it's come from and the problems this company's had for some period of time. No, it's not. I mean, it did trade as high as 73, so it's easy for board members to say, look, this is so far from where it's traded, we can't give it up like this. And that would be legitimate. But, Carl, I've got to tell you, it's a poorly run company. Uh, they're obviously, they've underperformed. They're very, remember, they're, they're not up to where when they, on the opening day. Uh, when you look at the chart, I mean, I think you'd say, all right, you guys had your chance. So that is something that, has go- that, that I think is going for Musk. But again, Musk keeps taking things away. I mean, uh, I wish that Musk hadn't said, if he didn't say best and final discussion would be sure. different. I know uh, the Oppie note does say they think that should trade somewhere at a 20 to 30 percent discount snap. to snap. To snap. Right. Uh, right. This year's revenue, which would put it somewhere in the high 40s. Low 50s. But, but David, then you got to love it. Back in 2017, Disney came close to acquiring Twitter. And we go back and say, well, here's what others. Remember Salesforce? They <laughs> won in 29. They yes. didn't go best and final, yes. though, because Fidelity didn't like the deal. <laughs> I know. No, well, he got here, a lot David. of pushback, as you well know, from his, from his shareholders. Uh, but hard to imagine a world in which Disney or Salesforce has interest now, right, Jim? So I don't know no, what the list includes, all. but I, I don't see the, either of those names on the list. By the way, the premium for Dow Jones, uh, thank you, Todd Bono, was 67% off the initial bid. That is not this, even over an unaffected stock price back before he started even buying stock. That is still not this. So, again, back to best and final. That's the key here. Um, And, you know, you could find a board that later today says no or soon just says no. And then that's over. You know, we'll see. I I wish I could give you more sense. I don't know. I mean, tomorrow maybe he says, you know what, I want to join the board again. I mean, look, he isn't like us. He doesn't believe in the SEC. Uh, world's richest man. Uh, he is, like, I want to keep coming back to this capricious. I mean, Carl, we've discussed him now. And now he's got everybody in the country talking about it. And if everybody in the country talks about it, then he has more viewers. It's important for him. He is egomaniacal. He's funny. He's different from any other business person and I think he wants to make other business people be like him. So did John Ledger, the former CEO of T-Mobile. He was always saying, why aren't they like me? Sure. But we can count the kinds of business people like that on one hand, right? Yeah. Maybe less. Well, I mean, he's a bit of an anarchist, Musk. I mean, David, there is an organization, there's a company, a a division was created, an agency was created by FDR. Uh, It's been the law of the land. And he just thinks that it doesn't really have any say over him. You know, that's and justice has never gotten involved. Justice has never came to the justice has never come to the aid of the SEC on this. They've been silent. No. Yeah. He listen, at least he did sort of file his D in a timely manner. You know, I mentioned it to you guys yesterday, but at least he did give us an update on his position. Uh, I'll say that for him. I. you know, if, if, if it is best and final and if they do say no and if he does sell all his shares as is possible, Jim, it'll be very interesting to see what happens then. Uh, and then we'll just reference this once again as another sort of, you know, interesting point in the history of 
of, as I said, uh, certainly one of the most interesting people in the world of business and the most consequential that we have. So right you're now. saying he makes this business amusing and that's why <laughs> I, I, I'm a clown to you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah, we I have a good I mean, guy. Listen, uh, he's a ringmaster. Big Apple Store. It's, it's more than know. a letter, though, guys. You know, sometimes we sit there and go, it's easy to write a letter. I mean, he has already spent, I don't know what the number was, two-something billion dollars on this position. So now for him, it's pocket change, right? He finds it in the couch. But still, it's a significant, it's a significant sum of money that he has actually already spent. Um, but we want to know more. Give us a little bit but on the David, financing, how you expect David, to actually the, do this. Any chance you bring in any partners or anything like well, that? Well, I was going to say, well, did, uh, you know, Morgan, and, Stanley, and Morgan Stanley signed off on this, right? He used Morgan Stanley's yeah, name? Morgan Stanley signed off. They did. They used so? Morgan Stanley's name, once one of the underwriters I mean, of Twitter, by the way, uh, way back I, when. Quarter two. Remember yeah. the initial uh, Gordon yeah. Haskett note on April 4th suggesting that there would be an alliance between Musk and, and Silver Lake on the board, right? Well, I, yeah. I think that if you had just said, I'm making this bid, I have Morgan Stanley as my banker, then the conversation again would be, David, do you think there's anyone who will pay 60? That's what it would be like. Yeah. Instead, it's like, I know. I know. Although, I, yeah, I, I, Morgan Stanley doesn't typically sign on to something like this unless they actually right. think they can win. I'm not sure what that means. But, uh, Gorman's you know, a serious But person. I would have expected that Morgan would have pushed them a little bit on, on, on providing more definition around how you finance the transaction. And again, you think I know Tesla people down? out there are saying, come on, he's the richest guy in the world. But still, you want that. It just adds to the level of seriousness of it. But to your point, Jim, there is... There's a lack of it in certain parts of what Musk does. Do you yeah. think Tesla down two today is fears that he would have to liquidate Absolutely. some? Absolutely. Yeah. That shows that there is, again, like David said, the bump in the price today. It's not nothing. It was at 52 at one point today. And uh, the sale of Tesla, is, some people are saying, well, look, it's the, it's the opening salvo. Uh, that's what we got to find out. What this board meeting that David's very close to is everything. Because the board meeting is either going to say, get serious, or it's going to say, we're serious. And I don't know whether they're going to say get serious or we're serious. David, I sure wish you knew because that's the story of the day. Yeah. Well, again, uh, it, it, this is an initial meeting of a board that's probably going to have a couple of them on this. And what you want to do is talk to your legal advisor, talk to your financial advisor, get a sense as to what can happen here. Talk about possible defense of putting in a, a poison right. pill, for example, if you think that's somehow effective or adds to your leverage that you have with them. Uh, and then consider strategic, you know, would you go that strategic alternatives route? Are there any others? So a lot in front of this board, Jim, I don't want to uh, pretend somehow that it, they're going to have it all figured out by 1030 this morning. They're not. But you said they're going to have a couple of them on it? I mean, how many? Three, four? They're gonna, what? A couple uh, of what? Sorry. A couple of beating? Tequila? Gin? Vodka? <laughs> a couple of them. I don't know. I mean, a couple of doobies? I mean, David, I would say no, I'd be more specific, too. It is legal in California. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, he's, you're so, David, look, he's amusing. He probably wants to make the 9 o'clock hour. He's thinking right now, I can make the 9 o'clock hour of Squawk Box, Squawk on the Street, really terrific. And I don't like Amazon. He's probably thinking that, too. <laughs> Speaking of which, we are going to get to what Andy Jassy told the guys on Squawk. David, thanks. Even from the road, our David Faber joining us to talk about uh, Twitter here in the A Block. When we come back, the banks uh, report results as well. We'll get to Goldman, Morgan Stanley, Wells, City, uh, UBS, and some others. Uh, take another look at the pre-market claims up 18 to 185K. Uh, retail sales roughly in line. And, of course, the ECB uh, leaving rates unchanged but renewing their pledge to end bond buying in the coming months. We're back in a moment.
The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bunch of bank earnings to get to this morning. We'll start with shares of Morgan Stanley up in the pre-market. Beats on both the top and the bottom line. Same goes for Citi. On the flip side, uh, Wells is falling. Uh, the earnings beat, but revenue slightly below projections. The bank says it would be helped by rising interest rates, but aggressive Fed actions and the war in Ukraine add to downside risks. We'll uh, end up with Goldman here after reporting better than expected Q1 profit and revenue. The Wells story is actually the, out the outlier is the credit tailwind as opposed to the bill. Yeah, um, Mike, the club owns Wells. We we're up huge on it. I was disappointed. I was disappointed because like, I don't want to hear from Charlie Scharf that America's National Bank has a Ukraine problem. I don't want to get the JP. I, I said last night on MAD that I felt that JP Morgan was very forthcoming about Ukraine. Uh, I did not expect Scharf because Scharf has no real European exposure. I did get, without Goldman really saying it, because it always sounds awful to be, uh, uh, let's just say, an opportunist about the war, that if you are worried about Ukraine, you came to us. And that was true, and it was a big reason why they had a good number. Now, on the other side, people say wealth management was supposed to be really good, but the stock market did go down, and they are very levered to that. Uh, expenses, which everyone was worried about, yeah. were terrific. Yeah, down uh, expenses, down 18. Very impressive. So I think this is the quarter where Solomon said, I told you I can adjust my expenses. You didn't believe me. I told you that I had a stream of revenue that is really kind of consistent. You didn't believe me. I told you that our capital markets will do well even, no matter what. You didn't believe me. I won all three checks. That stock goes higher. And let's not forget the book value. Wow. I mean, you're talking about a book value of $293. And that's a, clean, that's a pretty clean book because Goldman scrubs everything. So Goldman's the, the star of the day. Yeah. And I, I like Morgan State Club Owns. I thought it was a great quarter, but Goldman's the star. It, it does seem like uh, the investment banking down 38 at Goldman, down 37 at Morgan Stanley, pretty priced in. I thought so. Um, but return on equity uh, higher than Morgan, higher than JP Morgan? At 15, not priced it. Uh, other thematics were light tax rate pretty much across the board. Yeah. Made things a little easier. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't know. In the end, Goldman and Morgan Stanley are both going to be good today. City, I found confusing that it's up. 
because other than a decline in Russian exposure, I didn't see that that much that's that good. That still is a proven situation. And Carl, I'm getting tired of seeing this uh, tangible book there of 79 uh, stock at 50. How tangible? Because that is, and remember they said they had to back off from the buyback. Yep. You know, I've not seen that degree of difference between stock price and tangible book other than when you start getting into the um, CalFed, GlenFed era. I obviously, this is a more solvent bank than those. But uh, Washington Mutual, these were all banks where the book value was overstated. I want more information. I want everything in that book value explained to me because this should not be. You, you mean to tell me that if City closed today, that I get that 79, which is what book value really is supposed to mean when right, it comes to right, bank. Right, right, right. There's something fishy there. That's I it. don't buy it. Interesting. And by the way, speaking of expenses, uh, down 18 at Goldman, at City up 10, which was a bit of a surprise as well. I don't like well. that either. Yeah, yeah. But look, I'll be honest. I, 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 well, no, not that I'm dishonest here, but Charlie Scharf is a guy I banked on when uh, we bought the stake for the, for, for the Channel Trust. It is, again, we're up huge. But I made a mistake not selling it at 54.55, and that was because I thought this is the beginning quarter, and the cap would come off from the Fed that was put in the last week, of, the first week of February, in 2018. All right. Opening bell in, uh, in four minutes. Don't go away. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. We had been cutting back on Twitter uh, after Jack Dorsey uh, handed over the reins. We had been selling, and uh, we know there is now going to be a lot of management distraction, and maybe board distraction, with or without uh, Elon. He's going to he's going to med- get his message across, uh, probably even more effectively. Uh, not on the board, which may be the reason he is not uh, going to uh, be on the board. So I think there's going to be some drama, and uh, we don't know if the advertising model, the subscription model, some combination of that is going to prevail. I think there's going to be some drama. That's Kathy Wood talking about Twitter and Elon Musk. Uh, she was directionally correct. Uh, Bernstein this morning, is the price fair? Elliott originally invested when it was in the low 30s in March 2020. So 80% uh, can be seen as a good return from their perspective. Well, I think that in the end, had he just made a straight offer, then I think that Brett Taylor, representing the, the shareholders, would say, OK, you know what? Let's see if anyone wants to beat that. And I think he can still do that. I think that Elon Musk could change his verbiage. Remember, he said 13D, 13 I mean, he, he, he is um, subject to change and drama. You, you don't think he would suffer from saying, it wasn't my best and final after all? 
I think he'd be happy to do it. I think if he came back, if, Brett t- if the board says, you know what, we'd like it to be higher, then he says, you know what, I said that best and final. That was somewhat mercurial. Let's talk. And what, you know, so I don't like, I mean, I, I think that Kathy Wood is, even though she was selling the stock clearly wrong, her decision called drama. You know, when you go to a drama on Broadway, guess what you get? It wasn't a comedy. <laughs> there, there's the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange of the big board. It's Penn & Park Investment and Penn & Park floating rate capital transferring from the NASDAQ. And at the NASDAQ, telecom and EV charging company Charge Enterprises celebrating its recent listing. Um, I mean, the conversation has flipped completely from Tesla to Twitter, but oh, it sure there's has. still a lot going on in EVs. Uh, Adam Jonas yesterday talking about the capex that will be required to move vehicles to electric. I mean, all in, it. you're talking maybe 20 trillion over the next right. 20 years. Right, and I think that uh, watch Rivian. Of course, Ford has a Rivian stake. Ford needs all the money it can to make it so the F, the F series is all electric to meet the demand. Taiwan Semi today saying, listen, Taiwan Semi, 44 billion commitment to capex. Interesting, yesterday we had some downgrades of uh, Lamb, uh, Amat. I thought those, those downgrades made no sense to me. Uh, uh, but I just want to talk about something about sentiment for a second. I, usually, you don't find sentiment to be as bad as it is right now. But if you use the, uh, the American Association of Individual Investors, the sentiment, you have to go back to September of 1994 to see this low of bullishness. Now, that was when the Dow was at 3755. That was the beginning of when people started spending on the Internet. Now, remember, it didn't get crazy until 99. But what a great buying moment. As a matter of fact, that was probably the, one of the best buying moments of my life. It was right here last time you had this level of sentiment. So let's, you know, sentiment bad. Now you can say you have to listen to J.P. Morgan. Are you kidding me? What is it? You know, like there's nuclear war. I mean, does this guy, does, is there a day where Putin doesn't threaten nuclear war? No, and today again, uh, Putin arguing that Europe can't afford alternatives to Russian gas. Uh, they themselves need to substitute uh, oil and gas production equipment. That's going to be a problem well, for them. Well, I mean, the EU has sent... Uh, 10 times the amount that the Russians have spent on the war through natural gas. And now, so this and, is the war financed by the EU. Uh, and by the way, we are going to send another $800 billion. We're going to send an unspecified amount of C4 howitzers, javelins, 30,000 body armor suits. Um, the howitzers are significant, especially after the light of, uh, of a cruiser. I mean, a cruiser, people don't understand. A cruiser is gigantic. Uh, you know, his battleship and cruiser being now, uh, by the way, Putin says it was a fire. Putin has lied about everything. There's just been endless verification of what Ukraine has said. Well, the, isn't the old saying, don't believe it until Russia denies it? I like that. Yeah. But the howitzers are significant. The Humvees not that significant because that just soldiers from one area to another. No tanks, no planes. Helicopters can be shot down very easily. So I can say that this is still not you, the more switchblade, more of uh, air environment, that none of this is going to get them uh, in an east east part of Ukraine war. This is uh, cavalry against mechanized. That's how small it is. So let's not make too much of it. The howitzers are able to reach the the ships. Um, and the ships are producing a lot of the missiles to, uh, to Ukraine because ship, you know, they're like our cruise missiles. Right. But I've got to tell you, I, I, this is still not the commitment that if Zelensky were here, I mean, he would say, uh, you know, tanks, planes, tanks, planes. And instead they get some stationary artillery and they get some new system that's really not new that's supposed to try to deflect missiles. No Patriot and none of the new missiles that Raytheon makes that don't that are that are cheap. 
Remember, the new systems that we have, $2,000 missiles. Patriots, two, you know, Patriots are fortunate. Patriots are old. Right? We're not giving them anything new. Nothing state-of-the-art. Right. That's disappointing. Jim, we can, obviously, we're talking about uh, the war and genocide and weapons. I don't think we're going to get the booth to, to take their eyes off Twitter. Well, look, uh, you know, Twitter's been, uh, since the day that it opened right around there, <laughs> Twitter's what people talk about. And a lot of, you know, I was talking to my, uh, my, my EP, and there's not my tech producer, Regina Gilgan. There's nothing the media likes to talk about more than the media, and Twitter's become the media. Uh, I, I read, I mean, I know that the articles about what Musk is going to do next will be endless, and the one thing that you don't know what he's going to do is what he's going to do next, because he doesn't. Now, that's fun. I mean, look, Carl, let's say he were, um, let's say he were an entertainer. You know, he tried to produce interesting things every day. I think he's bored. He didn't want to be in the board. I think that would be boring. I think he likes to have fun. Uh, He has a car company that we get that certainly gets. I mean, you don't see Jim Farley coming on and say, you know what? I'm going to make a bid for Rivian. Well, no, Jim Farley's making cars. Uh, and we're going to get a Mustang, uh, is it the F-150? What, the, an announcement yeah, yesterday yes, from Farley. Yes, but, you know, their Farley has to spend so much in the batteries, battery factories. And, you know, Tesla doesn't get enough credit for all those great things. Instead, we talk about his Twitter position. Yeah. And also, by the way, is he re- what is he really proposing when he says that he wants more of a, a free speech? A societal imperative. But, but is there any, I mean, other than, than a former... Uh, President Trump, who's been really censored? You, if, unless you say you're going to kill someone. I mean, this is like, in my back and forth, a serious attempt to kill me, that guy gets blocked. A serious attempt to maim me or my family, that guy gets blocked. Well, I hope so. Right. I mean, everything else is free. I mean, the things that I don't even want to, I've said some words about what the drawings are against me. I will just say they're very deliverance-like. Uh, and they—that's free speech. That's free speech. Well, th- we're back to the the question about the business model, is, and that is, if these free speech is going to be truly unadulterated, who, you either someone's going to have to buy a subscription to it, or an advertiser's going to place an ad on. Right. And I wanted the two track, and, there, and it hasn't really succeeded. I mean, it's a substance two, two. I wanted to track of people who use their names, and people who make up names. You know, Jim Cramer is a blah blah blah. Is one of the names that period that pops up every ten seconds. And I, look, I'm not talking, he has a huge number of followers, but I don't know where, where the impediments are to free speech. If you can say that you can bodily harm people or, and try to get it down, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's not. What, what, what's the limit? I mean, Justice Holmes would say that's so overboard, it's ridiculous. And he's been, he was the primary, primary Supreme Court judge about what can be said. So I don't know what must, what else can they do to promote anger? I mean, I was with Jensen Wong at NVIDIA, and he, he was basically saying, well, there's two models. There's the model based on conversation. There's a the model based on engagement. Engagement it means you foment anger. And I think Twitter is unbelievable for many anger, and therefore it's kept their daily average users pretty yep. high. Yep. Dow up 305. Uh, we can talk Twitter a lot, and we will, but it's really the banks. The and travel, Jim. Travel making a run here uh, as we get an upgrade of Delta over at Barclays, target of 60. They're talking about... Demand offsetting oil, uh, emphasizing premium, corporate travel accelerating. Then why aren't people buying an American Express right here? That drove American Express, uh, that was almost at 200 in February. 
It's all the way back to 180. It's a steal, judging by what Delta is saying. Now, I went out last night and said that I thought that Disney was a logical place to go. Um, but we don't talk about Disney much. And it, 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 I don't, it takes howitzers to get that thing higher. The government has to give them howitzers and it's got to give them a helicopter. I don't know what to do. I mean, this is a stock. At one point, Carl, they're going to have to close the gap between the iconic nature of the brand and the uh, terrible nature of the stock price. I'll use it to yep, terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are going to get helped uh, incrementally by Hong Kong. Disneyland's going to reopen on April 21. Then, right. Better, better than the alternative. You know, I had Dr. Topol on last night just in terms of China. He questions whether the Shanghai Cordon's going to work. And it reminds me a bit of Stephen King's The Stand, where they kept trying. I mean, it's the famous Lincoln Tunnel scene of The Stand. I mean, you can't keep that. You can't keep 29 million people under wraps. Uh, and some headlines out of China today that they're going to work to ensure that ports operate functionally in the future, despite the lockdown. The only thing that's operating functionally there is Tesla. He did not miss his numbers. Uh, Matt Boss this morning says that Nike's not going to miss its numbers. But uh, I don't know whether Apple, I mean, I don't know. Are people going to order Apple? And did the come, does it come? Is the, you know, are they moving things like UPS? We're uh, positive note out today. Uh, yep. By the way, speaking of Apple, Ming-Ching Kuo, who tracks a lot of uh, supply uh, delivery time, says the MacBook Pro delivery time extending now three to five weeks based wow. on some of the troubles we've talked about out of China. Oh, that's, just, that's such a great machine. Yeah. It's, I bought that for my wife. I, you know, I think that there's a couple things that really threw me today, and one of them was Katie Huberty saying more positive things about IBM than I've seen her say lately about Apple. Uh, uh, you know, this is the one that you want in the store. Oh, that was a very interesting note. Uh, place to hide. Uh, they go to overweight 150. I didn't realize IBM has a negative correlation to PMI. Uh, that was a new thing, a new way to judge stocks. But I like, like, look, IBM has made some transformations. They have offloaded uh, a business that was very slow. It has not been a great performer, but I think it's, I w- didn't think it was going to start being a good one until the second half. Uh, to me, uh, Facebook, now Meta, and this are second half stories. Maybe people want to get ahead of the second half. Hmm. Yesterday, you mentioned the J.B. Hunt upgrade is important, and yes. now you mentioned UPS. Uh, Loop goes to buy. Again, uh, a, a, a transport gym that some are finding hope in. Well, I mean, you know, uh, one of the things that I wanted uh, Andrew to talk about, maybe he did but a little bit, but Amazon, Amazon's uh, fuel tariff was viewed as very positive. And what you want, UPS has that. FedEx, the railroads, but you would like to see everybody be able to say, hey, listen, my earnings are not going to be hurt because I'm passing the fuel on. I think that can happen. Now, the guys who produce a lot of fuel and, uh, and don't take a lot of money are Costco. And Costco has its typical uh, annual dividend boost, which I just love, 13% boost. They make a fortune on, on uh, all sorts, on gasoline. Uh, now, that's not what they want. Remember, they're really trying to make it so members do well, but that, they have lowest price gasoline. But I thought the Costco dividend boost was a good thing to see. Yesterday, we had a Procter dividend boost. Uh, you're not seeing from the, obviously, the, uh, the banks are so constrained. But when you see them making all this money, you'd like to see, hey, I'm taking up 10, 15%, sure. but they can't do it. 
Uh, by the way, Andy Jassy of Amazon on with Andrew Ross Sorkin on Squawk Box today. A couple of data points. One was about unionization, saying we think employees are better off without unions. Yep. Not close to accepting crypto as payment. And then, of course, a lot of discussion about supply chain. Take a listen. There are certain items that are very difficult to get. Uh, you know, we all are, are have a lot more demand for chips than there is supply right now. And, you know, because we design our own chips and we buy a lot of chips for the things we do in AWS and our devices, even in our vehicles, we get a fair share of those, but still it's, it's not fast enough and it's not enough. And I think some of the issues happening right now in China where, you know, um, as there are variants and, and as they're being very conservative and locking down uh, production, create some issues in getting products as fast as we need. And it's still more expensive and more time consuming to get products into the country. So there's still supply chain so challenges. You, have to you think the surcharges put a crimp on, uh, on retail growth? They're that big. Yeah. They're that big. It might be. Now we had some retail sales today. I think kind of fine, a little confusing. Uh, this is a very important company for the U.S. and business. And remember, uh, Walmart and this really are the two companies that we should be watching. Uh, I didn't see any. I didn't hear anything in there that made me feel like people don't feel it's Amazon still an incredible bargain. But you know what? In in two or three weeks, we've had people uh, like Dr. Topo last night say. We're not going to be thinking about it. We're almost through the, the hump. There'll be still some people who are scared to go out, but the country's ready. And if the country's ready, it is not necessarily going to be as pro-Amazon, but Amazon's doing terrifically. And Jesse, what is it? Wow, the stuff that they were talking about was with, with, with satellites? I mean, <laughs> right. you know, and it's going to be uh, profitable? I mean, they are as serious as Musk is capricious. <laughs> I mean, they are so deadly. Jassy's so deadly serious. I mean, the only time, you know, some people say that Jassy doesn't like me because I've made negative comments about the Giants. So I just want to make it very clear. The Giants are in the NFC East. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> uh, to your, well, to your point about, um, about COVID and our response, office occupancy, uh, 10 city occupancy back to 43 it's about as high as it's been. By the way, there was a headline this morning, Pfizer uh, to submit EUA for a booster for kids 5 to 11. But that's the kind of headline that kind of rings, I don't know, a little tired now, doesn't it? I, I fe felt the same. I mean, the, the statistics say you should get the fourth booster. Uh, I, I don't, other than myself, because I am so to the law of what they're saying, I, I, I haven't anywhere said, oh, yeah, the fourth booster, you got to get it. Uh, particularly if you had Omicron. Omicron, the Omicron protection from the latest that they've said uh, it, it, from the authorities is four months. It's just like a booster. But I don't think people, I think it's, I don't say it's over. I think it's an epidemic. It's right. not a pandemic. Right. Uh, watching Morgan Stanley up 2%, one of the top S&P gainers, not a two-week high here on MS. Uh, Leslie Picker uh, has been listening to uh, the call, has some highlights. Hey, Leslie. Hey, Carl, strength in equities and FIC, that's fixed income currencies and commodities trading, helped to offset some macro-induced declines in investment banking that we've seen across Wall Street. That really helped Morgan Stanley report far more excess capital than the other big banks. So the Q&A portion of the call kicked off with an analyst question about Morgan Stanley's plans for its higher earnings power, whether it be through acquisitions or organic investments. Chairman and CEO James Gorman called it a, quote, high-class problem, but noted the importance of having a safety net right now. We've been very protective of keeping a sort of buffer on a buffer uh, because you never know in this world. 
And I think what we've experienced with the markets in the last quarter uh, were extremely volatile. And you just have to you have to anticipate the worst and and uh, make sure you're prepared for that. We clearly have done that. Um, we've been chipping away at the excess capital. He added that the firm will continue investing in technology and retirement platforms and also look internationally for potential deals. Shares of Morgan Stanley up about 2.8% right now. Goldman Sachs's analyst call kicked off a short while ago as well. CEO David Solomon beginning that call by noting, quote, the most significant event of the first quarter. No surprise here was the invasion of Ukraine. There's no question the first quarter was extremely volatile. Russia invaded Ukraine, inflation rose across the globe, and we saw an accelerating trend towards deglobalization. In recent decades, we've grown used to low inflation, low interest rates, and the free flow of people and goods across national borders. I believe we're entering a period that won't be the, that, that won't be the case, and the consequences for financial markets will be meaningful. Solomon also said that they're seeing an increased risk of stagflation and mixed signals on consumer confidence. As for the quarter, Goldman beat the street's estimates thanks to reporting nearly $2 billion more revenue just in FIC trading than the, than the street was expecting. FIC, again, fixed income, currencies, commodities. Goldman shares now up 2% as well today, guys. Uh, Leslie, thank you for that. Uh, tape, Jim, does have a comment from, uh, from Solomon saying that uh, Ukraine conflict reduced Q1 revenue by about 300 million. Well, it was, what, 500 million yesterday, Russia, Ukraine from uh, JP Morgan. I, just to go back to what James Gorman said, Morgan Stanley, they don't seem like a, a capital markets company anymore. They do a lot. I think that they have a terrific revenue stream, and the revenue stream is good, and we're not going to be able, I'm not saying they shouldn't be lumped in with these. I mean, when I went to, you know, I, when I tried to get a job at Morgan Stanley, but it was all underwrite. All right. It was all capital markets. They weren't interested. They really didn't have a lot of interest in, in wealth management. They are a wealth management company and they have a very solid wealth management company. And the wealth management that doesn't leave because of Ukraine. It just doesn't stall. So maybe that's why Morgan Stanley's up more than the others, because their call was not about Ukraine. And I'm quite surprised that David Solomon led with Ukraine because he could have easily just said, you know what, in time and turmoil, they come to us. All right. Uh, interesting. You know, last few quarters, we've had the bank stocks come into earnings season, as you like to say, a little hot. Yeah. Not this time. No. no. Uh, I think Morgan Stanley can go up more. Uh, big position for my Chapel Trust. Again, I am extremely disappointed with Charlie Scharf because I just don't think he's been able to fix the bank yet. He hasn't been able to fix the bank yet. And that thing's gone from 60 on my birthday, Feb 10, to uh, 45. And a lot of that is, is Charlie just not getting what I want. He is, why is he talking about Ukraine? I mean, why, why isn't he talking about the state of the American consumer? How robust, how good is the, his narrative is just terrible. He has really got to come on and explain why his bank isn't doing better now that they've put behind the past of, of what a lot of people felt was, was uh, chicanery. And I, I'm disappointed in him. I'm just playing out disappointed, Charlie Shaw. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the framing them as a, some kind of global supermarket like City is not what you think of when you think of Wells. No. Yeah. They're like D'Agostino's, for heaven's sake. <laughs> I mean, honest to God, I compare them to Kroger. No, really. Hey, Charlie, come on. You're better than this. You're better than I, my charitable trust owner. And when, I'm, when I see something, I guess it makes me angry because they, this was, should have been their breakout quarter. 
and instead they stumbled. Uh, we'll watch it. Banks are a huge piece of the puzzle today. Uh, by the way, a quick reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up anytime. Find out more at CNBC.com slash join the club or just use the QR code on your screen. It'll take you right there. We'll keep our eye on rates today. Uh, a little bit of elevated yield uh, 10 years back above 273, almost 274, as it's been a crazy week for fixed income, of course, all across the board. We'll be right back. We lost the opening games on the S&P. We're down 13. Twitter also off the early morning lows, now up two. Stop Trading with Jim is coming up next. Time for Jim and Stop Trading. Carl, the Nasdaq's trading down when interest rates go higher. That's been the res- that has been the correlation. So Qualcomm gets a win from Stellantis, which, by the way, is Chrysler's ninth largest uh, fiat, ninth largest auto company. It's a very big win for Qualcomm because they're debating, you know, they're trying to get into auto, not just sell. Stock goes down. So just be careful when the rates go up, tech goes down, even on good news. I did notice uh, TSM at least raised their guide for the year, right? We have that. Yeah. And Intel committed, you know, full dividend. Pat Gelsinger want to put it out there because I questioned his commitment. And he said, listen, Jim, I'm totally committed. I thought that was very good. Uh, Pat, I'm trying to rebuild things. <laughs> yes, it's never too late to rebuild things. How about tonight? Well, I've got, um, I've got Kelly Steckelberg um, back on, uh, on, with having Zoom. And I think Zoom stock still sells at a high price earnings multiple, but they have a lot of optionality, and I can't wait to speak to them. You've been calling for Zoom 2.0 well, for a while. I like to think that. Now, my, you know, full disclosure, my stepson worked there, yep. uh, recently resigned, had a great time, wanted to be stopped working in two coasts. Who can blame him? <laughs> Jim, good long weekend. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.